Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Thank you. And we are live. This is Wicked Spursy. Hello. This is Dave, Mike, and Steve. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, I, You know, I, I uh, was just uh, talking to you guys about uh, the last, well, the last time we were on, uh, I don't think I had had much sleep because of my call period uh, my, at work. So um, I did just get to take a little vacation in Maine and I brought back a bunch of delicious beers that, uh, that I'm uh, enjoying right now. So cheers to you guys. It's going to be a great pod. We got a lot to talk about, I think. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers as well. I think we timed this one well, which seems to be our, our pattern. Steve, how are you doing, sir? Uh I guess erratic is kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, I spent ever since we scheduled this uh, recording, it's like, all right, you know, great. I'm going to get to talk about Dane Scarlett, Niall John, and, you know, the, the preseason warrant matches, our, our boy Lucas. It's going to be great. And then we got that bombshell today, and now we, I'm just kind of angry. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Niall John might not get any love from us today, but hey, let's just throw that out. Niall John, uh, He'd been playing a lot of minutes reasonably well during the preseason. So yeah, there we good go job, there. buddy. Hey, for, uh, for anyone who's new to this podcast. So we are three guys from the state of Vermont in the U S the Northeastern part of the U S we are not, uh, the smartest guys in the room, but we're certainly not, certainly not the dumbest guys in the room either. So we like to get together and talk about, um, the club that we love Tottenham Hotspur. So, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we last recorded. This is episode two of our second season. So it's no longer, our rookie season we are sophomores now and uh let's just get to talking about things so why don't we start things off we could talk about transfers there's a lot to talk about there we could talk about uh preseason games that have happened and there's a couple interesting ones that are coming up or we could uh jump to the regular season steve i'm gonna let you get us started you get to choose the topic throw it out there and let's just see where this goes it's old school choose your own adventure that's exactly right exactly oh man well for the sake of um I guess doing something different from every other podcast that's come out in the last 24 hours um, less than that. Let's talk preseason. You know, I've already named drop Niall John and, you know, it feels good talking about somebody who isn't trying to force their way out, you know, more on that later, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, preseason games, three have happened so far, lower tier opposition, you know, the kind of our, b squad in a way but uh they were fun they were some fun games right right yeah i I mean personally like obviously it was nice to see you know the the young guys again i'm gonna name drop now john who was i thought impeccable in his in his minutes played um you know definitely uh, you know raw definitely some some room to improve but you know you could see the ability is there uh, he, he looks like he's going to be a real special player. And uh, my boy, Dane Scarlett, um, just lighting things up with that that f- goal in that first game there. Um, and had another one, I, I think, in that that last one um, against MK Dons that was ruled out for offside. But uh, he's been he's been looking pretty good. And honestly, you know what was kind of shocking to me? Son, I did not expect to see him at all. It looks like, you know, he kind of came back and then the next day was like, oh, we got a game. All right. Throw me in, coach. I got this. 
Um, now, so I, I like seeing him back. I, Lucas looks like he is just a man on a mission. I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but just watching him play, you know, it, he was taking everything seriously, which I absolutely love to see. Like, it's easy to write some of these off, you know, it's, it's Colchester, it's MK Dons, it's whatever, you know, but for him to go out there and like actually put effort in to make those runs and it's, you know, classic Lucas runs, they're not always productive. They're not always um, clean and tidy and, and pleasant, but man, like he is, he's, he has his eye on a specific target. <laughs> By God, he's going for that target. Um, whether there's somebody in the way, whether it's the smart thing to do, but, uh, you know, he even bagged himself a, a goal and a couple of assists, I think. So, you know, fair play to him. Um, you know, Steve, I said in our chat last week, like Lucas at this point just feels to me like that guy who I just want to be coys forever. Right. Like even, even when he's not valuable to the club anymore, he's the guy I just feel like needs to be with Spurs for the rest of his career and for the career beyond that, make him an, an ambassador, like he he bleeds for the badge, he, he tries his darndest. He he you know it oftentimes ends in failure. But when he's glorious, man, he is glorious, and it's it's a fun and exciting thing to see. I'm, I'm guessing Mike agrees with that. How do you how do you feel about Lucas in the long term? Uh, in the long term, I well he's uh, he listen, um, I I totally agree. I think he would be a great ambassador for the team. Um he's probably not long for this world in the, in the, in the premier league, but um, you know, is as much as, as much as I love Lucas um, watching him, watching him go out there and, and bust his ass. And and I think a lot of that, you know, might have to do with him saying, Hey, you know, thanks for not, you know, throwing me, you know, throwing me out the window, Um, you know, because, what they did is they maybe they didn't see the value in him that, that they saw in Lamella, but when they when they let Lamella go, um, I think Lucas probably said, "All right, I dodged a bullet there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to stay with one of the top clubs in, in you know in English football, and um, I get to stay in London. You know, he he bought a house. Uh, he lives in London. He loves it here. He loves it at, at Tottenham. I I think this guy." it's it's he's got this enthusiasm to me that is just you it's kind of like when you're a kid and you're really good at something and and you just enjoy doing it over and over and over again and you like to show your friends how good you are too like i think that's what he does and he doesn't give a shit whether it's you know friggin Leighton orient or mk dons or whether it's you know, Ajax, you know, or even, you know, Barcelona, you know, he goes out there and, and no matter who he's playing, he plays his ass off for his team and his teammates. Um, say what you want about Lucas's personal life and his personal feelings about things. But that guy, that type of guy is invaluable to any kind of a team. Um, I'm sure he's probably great in the locker room. Um, but you know that's that's kind of why I love Lucas. Um, you know, any any personal stuff aside, you know, um, as far as an athlete goes, he is a a top notch uh, top notch athlete, and he is, and, and, and it's it, and it's mostly because of the way that he plays, the way that he practices, the way that he trains, and the way that he approaches the game. 
Um, I, I think he's a great role model for kids in that way, for kids who are getting into the sport in that way. And, and that's why I appreciate the fact that my, my son is, is so in a ton of because of Lucas Mora um, getting onto the other stuff. Um, I, I love this Dane Scarlett, man. I do. I, I love watching him. Unfortunately, I, you know, he, he's probably due for a, tra- a, tra- uh, a loan, uh, right. not a transfer. Jesus, I almost said it. Uh, he's probably due for a loan. Um, you know, he's still young. Uh, he's not that big. You know, I, I don't know how well he'd be able to fight, fight in the box, you know, but um, I agree with Steve with Sonny. It was like, he, he, he was another one, you know, that, that guy, you know, when he goes out there and he plays and he's playing well, he's smiling, he's having a great time. Um, Skippy had a couple of really nice games and some beautiful passes. Um, I can say that, you know, we're going to miss, we're going to miss the, the presence of um, a Toby and his, you know, his diagonal passing and stuff. Um, you're going to miss Lamella's shithousery. Um you know, but I'm sure there are guys who would love to pick up the shithousery. Uh, Eric Dyer is one of them. Um, his his shithousery is way more cynical. His shithousery is way more cynical and, and, and anger based. English. <laughs> than, than Lamella's. But, um, you know, you got to give it to, to Coco. It, it didn't really work out for him the way that we thought it would, you know. Um, yeah, injuries kind of really hampered that i also don't know that he was ever going to replace bale's production but um you know on on that on that end um it was great to watch a lot of these youngsters play um i I thought it was just super super fun you know to watch now we get to go into the into the scum and scummier uh little london tournament we got going on here i was thinking the same thing it's red scum and blue scum right like it's it's all all the same steve i want to ask you you know you can't draw too many conclusions from preseason because it, that's what it is but what have what have you been uh pleased with that, that you've seen over the past past few matches i mean i've been really pleased with with uh, most of the youth players who have come out you know the other guy that i wanted to get throw a quick shout out to pat i'm gonna butcher his name pascotzi yeah, yeah man, we're gonna, we're gonna kid, we'll go with that that sounds about yeah, right for now until somebody can correct me um but man that kid he looks like you know he he could be a, a talent as well i mean i thought he played particularly well down the right hand side uh you know getting forward and you know a little suspect at times defensively but i mean so is aurier and he's a first team player so i mean i guess i can't be super critical about him but uh no, I, I feel like just about every youth player, I, I can't think of one who didn't do this. Um, you know, they went out and they they showed um, just how talented they are, just how 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 hyped we should be for them to a certain degree, right? Um, and, you know, uh, most of them can probably do with a loan, obviously. I mean, we left Troy Parrott and MK Don, so best of luck to you there. Um, but. <laughs> it's it's kind of like leaving leaving your kid at the toy store, you know, <laughs> you get, or the grocery store. You get what you want and get the hell out, and then you're like, oh shit, I left my kid at the store. Yeah, except we'll coming back for well. this one. Yeah, we'll pick we'll pick him up in a year though. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah, I just I mean, he, Troy's another one, right? Like he was somebody who busts onto the CA, and everybody thought he was going to be like this the next big thing out of Spurs. 
but his attitude, I, I feel, just got the better of him. And uh, I don't know, uh, you, you read some places say that, you know, he just surrounded himself with the wrong kind of people and it kind of tanked his uh, his outlook there. And plus some of the injuries didn't help for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of hope he gets himself back on track because he was definitely somebody who looked like he could be the next Dane Scarlet. You know, just <laughs> here I go hyping up somebody younger than than uh, good old right. Troy there. But uh, I still I still love Troy. I think he just got a couple of bad loan deals, man. Like the first one, I think broke him, and then you know he. But he's I, still what he's nineteen, right? I, like, yeah, he's still, yeah. Still I think he's going to be twenty this season. Yeah, he's he's okay. still young. But it's Not you a, know it's it's hard for them, especially when they've spent their entire lives essentially in this you know youth academy close to home and suddenly they're expected to go out they've got all this pressure on them and you know you got to perform and you know that's not an easy thing to ask somebody whether they're 18 or or god 30 50 you know to just here go do something new by yourself with no real you know uh, uh, social net that you've had around you for your entire life it's it's a yeah. challenge you know steve, and by the you're, way you're your right. loan is in turkey yeah right <laughs> but steve you're right you know the um i mean obviously kane had a couple loans that didn't necessarily go well um look at somebody like jack clark who has struggled on loan but you look at skippy who was like the leader of that team and they, they actually want him back i certainly hope we don't we don't let them have him back this year, but like, yeah, some guys are up for it and some guys are not. It all just depends on where they are in, in their development, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm also interested in Sessegnon, right? He went off to Hoffenheim. He had a decent year in Hoffenheim last year, but he's still, his, I, it, I read that he's injured again. seems like he's incredibly injury prone, but like that guy's a talent who should be showing out, but uh, we just haven't seen enough of him yet. You know, we'll see if he needs another loan to, to season up a little bit more. You know, he seems like the type of player who Nuno would kind of sink his his teeth into there. You know, it, it kind of fits that mold. But uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, with the injury, you got to see what's what's coming. Um, it sucks we haven't seen much of him in in uh, you know any of these preseason games so far. I'm not even entirely sure if he's training with the team just yet because of the injury. But uh, yeah, not sure, not sure. I don't know. Maybe he makes the bench for. I for think one he was. I think he was initially. Um, it, it seemed like. It seemed like he was Nuno's guy, right? But, you know, I, I think he was going to be favored over even Ben Davis. I, I will say this about the preseason, and this is what pisses me off about the Kane stuff, which we'll get to shortly, is if, if I just landed on Earth from, from another planet and just decided to start watching English football and I watched Spurs preseason, I would see a team that, kind of had a little energy around it kind of seemed like there was some positivity I, i'd see guys that had some skip in their step no pun intended <laughs> yeah um you know what i mean like this preseason has felt good just from sort of an optimism standpoint it feels like the Mourinho cloud has cleared out to feel like fabio is you know is, is doing some work as the director of football and making some things happen on the transfer side um that feels good. I, I'm excited about just kind of the general tone that I feel. And I'm really curious to see how that's going to going to play over to the regular season. You know, it's, it is kind of refreshing. Not only does Paratici show up hey. to these, um, you know, these public events, but he's there and he's working like that yeah. guy is a workaholic and it for, you know, following Spurs, as long as I have with Levy, who's been in, in charge for, 
like the entirety of it with you know different puppets that he's been dancing around right this feels almost like the first time where somebody actually has autonomy in their role to you know work their kind of transfer magic and he is like way into it like this guy he i mean well the only time will tell when we get some you know some transfers done and, and dusted but the initial one you know brian hill here um that's a phenomenal get you know that's that's a really good pickup um and it's it's got me excited it it's got me thinking like this is this is a guy who kind of wants to to put all those doubters um, make them eat their words, right? Because leaving leaving Juve, you saw a lot of those fans who were like, "Oh, well, you know, he he was ruining things. He messed up this team." And now it just kind of seems like he's out to prove that that's not the case, um, and that he is way better than than maybe how um, you know his old Juve uh, fan base considers him. And honestly, on the on the back of that one transfer, and we got. Romero, who seems very likely at this point to be jumping on, job well done so far. Great. Like this is great. <laughs> like honestly excited about some of these transfers, and you know even some of the rumors that we still have, like Tomiyasu is still rumored to be in in the mix, but after the Olympics, um, and you know Sanchez got, to, Sanchez to Seville. Well, I'll take that, that one. Would right, be great. Go ahead and make that happen. Vlahovic um, as another one who was supposed to be a partner to Kane, but uh, I mean, I'd even take him as a straight replacement at this point, but he, I think he scored like 26 season. goals last season. You know I mean? It's it, it, that that's not on acts that, that that's not an accident. You know, the, the guy, the guy can, re, we need somebody who's going to replace Harry Kane whether it's now or I, I think I said this in the past, whether it's now or in the future, you need a guy who's going to do that. Obviously, Carlos wasn't that guy. Carlos couldn't figure out a way to stay on side. You know, that's why. Wait a minute. Gone. Wait a minute. If Vlahovic scored 26 goals last year, his team can't sell him because there's no way they could replace those 26 goals. You see my logic there, right? Like there's there's no way you can sell a guy that scores that. No, many no, goals, no, no. Right. And, 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 you know, and not for less than one hundred and sixty million. Not for less than a buck sixty, no question. Are those euros yeah. or pounds though? Like we need to we need to get the exchange rate correct in that in that calculation. Uh, I don't know dollars. Who cares? Little shady on the analogy, but I think that that opens up our our <laughs> our pathway to the next big topic, right? Shady, shady Dave strikes again. Bring it on, Steve. So what do you uh, what do you think? What do you think about Harry Kane, Steve? I just want to give it to us straight. What do you what do you think? And then Mike, I want to hear you. He's give pulling it to his straight. hair out right now. I just want you to know he's, he's like. <laughs> legit pulling I, his hair out i mean I'm, I'm kind of pissed you know i i was on this show the last time we recorded and you know they were saying uh oh yeah there was rumors that he wasn't going to show up to training and you know i got up here on my soapbox and i was like well harry kane would never do that he's a professional and sure he, enough he's one of our own one of our own yeah sure enough he kind of just it, it feels to me like he flew his plane all the way into boston drove up to vermont and just spit in my face personally me personally because well that's the last time i defend him like now it's like now i just want levy to be petty above all else you know like i i don't think city's gonna come in with the with the money that we want for him honestly them going 100 mil on graylish just completely blew their chances to lowball levy 
Um, so way to go there. If you really wanted Kane, you should have got him first. They should have uh, done it the other way around. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But it's, you know, you're not, they're not going to give it to him. You know, the, the idea of a cash plus player swap is in theory fine, except, and I think, uh, I think Alistair Gold mentioned it in, uh, in, in his new podcast today, no, uh, no city player is going to take that step from city to Spurs. I mean, even if they're a bench player, the wages alone that city are paying them are probably more than what we would pay. So why would you take that step? Like I'd rather sit on the bench and make a ton of money. If you're playing for city money is what is motivating you guaranteed. It's not history. Their history sucks, except for, you know, the recent couple of years where they've just bought everybody and won everything. But that's what happens when you have an oil state bankrolling you. Um, and the other thing that pisses me off about city before I go back to Kane, their, um, their plastics. Uh, I'm not even going to call them fans. Cause I don't think they deserve that. Um, they feel entitled to all these players. They feel entitled to Graylish, entitled to Kane. It's like, oh, they should come here because we're going to win. It's like, well, yeah, you're spending $100 million on a player. Like, if you can do that multiple times, skirt the financial fair play, just pay the slap on the wrist fine and, and move past it, of course you're going to win things. I mean, anybody could. I could go into that city team with that talent, that lineup, and just say, you know what, just go for it. And they'd still win. I'd look like a genius, but I would do nothing. I mean, honestly, that's the kind of talent and money that they've got. Um, and so, you know, who, you, know, you know who else does that? You know who else does that? And, I, and I'm and i going to go back to my, uh, my, my typical MO. I know what you're going to say right here. Can I say it for you? Go ahead. You're going to say the Yankees, especially the late 90s. Oh, well, no, I, well, no, I, right, I thought about it before I opened my fat mouth. I take that back. <laughs> you get, no, no, no. I thought about it before I opened my mouth. And now I'm like, what's more contemporary? The fucking Dodgers, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers constantly do it. And their fans are like, oh yeah, we're entitled to this player. Yeah. You know, we're entitled, we're entitled to Max Scherzer. You know what? You can't have him San Diego. You're not cool enough. They did just LA. do that. Yeah, they did just, you do know, that. and the Yankees used to do it too. And, you know, everybody, you know, Brian Cashman gets credit for being a genius when he's really kind of lucked into a bunch of good players in the, in, in their, you know, minor leagues going back to um, what, what were we talking about? Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that guy. Like that. so, so um, the, the, the thing with the thing with Harry Kane that I, I, I uh, would love to parallel with another sport is and it's happening right now is the same thing that Aaron Rodgers just did. And Aaron Rodgers let let the let his team know basically in public that guess what I'll play for you this season, but not next season. You know, um I've been saying all along, you know, not this year, dude. Um and he's I don't I still don't think Harry Kane's going anywhere this year. I don't I don't like the fact that he is selling out his teammates. That really drives me nuts. And it happens a lot in professional sports with these guys who sit out and, and, you know, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, but I would hope that when Harry Kane comes back into training because he has to, because he can't sustain the fines that are going to happen. When he comes back, I hope that Eric Dyer lays into him 
so terribly in training the way that he laid in way harder than he laid into Tangy and Domile that Agreed. that Harry Kane starts throwing water bottles and sits on the sidelines because he can't take it anymore. That's how that's how upset I am about this. Like See, the problem don't with sell that. out, don't sell out your teammates. You might want to sell out the management, you might want to sell out the 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 what's on the badge that's on his shirt, but don't sell out your teammates that have supported you and have worked with you for years. It's disgusting. Yeah, the problem with that, Mike, if he goes back, he might as well just train with the U23s because, I mean, you got to have some kind of a punishment for him. And I, I totally agree with you. He's not going anywhere. I, you know, there's absolutely no way City can give up $100 million for Graylish and then find the $150 million minimum to get them to the table to talk to Levy. Kane's got three years left on his contract. I think Levy will play, he'll, he'll take the gamble there, you know, because if you think about it, Kane raking in the goals for you for one more season, even if you sell him for 80 million next season, if it gets you to the champions league, that's going to be worth it. You know, then you can spend the money on a replacement, whatever you have a full year to plan for it, but knowing full well that nobody's spending the 150 mil on him, like what, what's he going to do? He's going to throw his tantrum. Eventually he'll have to come back to training. And honestly, I, I'm petty enough to just say, stick him in the U 23s completely <laughs> screw over his chances at getting anywhere near Shearer's record. If you like, like I'm just that petty. I, I guess like don't play him in the league. Fuck that. You know, Shearer can keep his record, play him in the cup games, play him in the Europa conference league, you know, let him get those goals. But if he's not playing in the Premier League, he's not going to get that record. And I, he kind of shot himself in the foot there. But the piece about it that I think makes the least amount of sense is what the fuck is he pushing? Like City's bid was, what, weeks ago where it was, what was it, like 85-plus a player that was turned down and then they haven't come back? Like, did you just put the nuclear option when there was no bid on the table what are you trying to force like yeah. city and, and Spurs aren't negotiating, no. you know, there's nothing going on there. It's like, you know, yeah. Levy said, you know, yeah, there's a gentleman's agreement, which is bullshit. Anyway, you should have gotten that in paper, but the agreement was that if a fair price came in, you could go a fair price has not come in. So you're fucking stuck. Like, and Levy, Levy gets to decide what fair is, right? That's not Kane's decision. It's but, and decision. let's be clear. There hasn't been a gentleman's agreement in sports since the 1927 Yankees, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Come on. I mean, so here, here's my take on the whole guys thing. had curly I, mustaches back then. And, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I feel like Kane's getting bad advice, to be honest with you. And whether that's his, his brother slash agent <laughs> seems to be, um, it feels like he's getting bad advice, you know, and, and go back to the end of the end of the past season with the interview that was, was posted publicly at horrible timing that could have come out anytime. And, you know, Kane had control over when that came out, came out with horrible timing, left a bad taste in, in the mouth of everyone at the, at the end of the conclusion of the season. I don't want to begrudge a guy's right to be like, dude, I don't want to work here anymore. Right. Like, I don't think somebody should be held hostage. I think we all get that. I think we could all, we've maybe experienced that, or we could at least imagine experiencing that. But I also want to say like, Hey, in 
2018, you signed a six year freaking contract. You know, who, who does that? Who, who that has high aspirations. And I'm sick of hearing how like Harry Kane's got ambition, but nobody else in the world has any ambition. I'm tired of that song and dance. Like who, who that has an ambition that wants to be somewhere else is going to sign that deal. You're getting bad advice. And then if, if we paid attention to what the England team was saying all throughout the, the Euros, like it, they were planting this as a team. Like, yeah, Kane might not show up. Kane might might hold out. So th- there were clearly things being talked about that started making the rounds, and now he's making this play. And honestly, I've gone back and forth. You know, I remember when we started our pod, and we were like, yeah, we're we're Mourinho in for now, you know. And then we obviously changed our tune on that. We've all been in the mindset like, yeah, you know, Kane needs to stick around. Like he's irreplaceable at this moment in time. I say get him out of the club, like sell, take a hundred mil and let him go. I, I don't really care at this point in time, because to me, the intangibles of, of what, what a guy's attitude brings to the table for the other guys, how the other guys on the team feel about the whole piece, like that stuff matters and that stuff can affect things. And I'd rather have a team without Harry Kane that felt good about themselves than a team with Harry Kane that had this like albatross that they, that they weren't sure where it was going to go and how it was going to play out. And one more piece, just while I'm on my rant, if you are the best striker in the world, which I believe he does have the skills to be, you know what you do? You show up in finals, you show up in semifinals, (laughs) you, you, you take England and you win the Euro instead of bottling it, you know, and not getting there at, at the conclusion. And some people would totally argue with what I just said about bottling it. We know how that, that game ended, right? But you, you show up. And what we see from Harry Kane is in all the biggest matches, he doesn't show up. Whether that's other teams just figure him out and figure out how to lock him down or neutralize him, fine. But you know what? Michael Jordan never got neutralized. The best players in the world never get neutralized. And when Harry Kane's tired or when Harry Kane's not feeling well, you can see it. And as the best striker in the world, you don't let your opponent see that you're sluggish. You don't let them see that you're slow. You're always in position. And I've been on a fucking soapbox and you don't know, I don't even drop the F-bomb in here that often, but like oh, yeah. this, this is ridiculous what he's doing to the, to the team. And if let's go one step further, if this is all a joke about him not showing up today, if it was a big misunderstanding, if, you know, there was just somebody didn't have all the facts straight, then say something about it. Don't let it sit out there. Don't let it simmer. Don't let it fester so that your teammates are wondering what the hell's going on because Let's move on. It's time to move on. That's exactly right. Like this isn't 1920. We've got, you got Twitter, you got Instagram, Facebook, just fucking get on there. Tell your social media person. Oh, Hey, you know, I got caught in traffic or Hey, you know, I was sick today. You know, just say something. (laughs) Sorry. I had the shits. I ate Indian food last night. (laughs) Totally legit excuse there. Right. Like that's worthwhile. I mean, well, Dyer, to be fair, Dyer went into the bathroom during the game. That's fair. True. That is left, true. Left us a guy, left us a man short. To go Mike, to I, I want to, because Mike, as I was just ranting, I was watching your face like, damn, he's going there. So I want to hear your response to my cane take. Uh, what, what's your take on my take? <laughs> my take on your take. Steve's take on my take. Um, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when it all boils down to it, like what you said is the same, is, is similar to what I said you know, don't sell out your teammates, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, if you don't want to work somewhere fine, but you signed a contract that says you're going to work at this place for a certain amount of time. You know, if, if I worked at a big, you know, at a big company and 
I signed a non-compete and I decided to leave, guess what? I have to sit out a season. I have to sit out a year before I can go and work for another company. You know, I, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Let Harry Kane go. He wants to go. Let him go. Take the money. Don't spend it unwisely like you did with Gareth Bale. But my, you know, w- with Harry Kane, my, my, uh, my big question is, in six or seven years when he wants to come back and be a 35-year-old striker, um, I, I think, Dave, you know where I'm going with this right now, is are we going to welcome him back and love him and, you know, he, 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 treat him like a rock star, like the rock star that he is because he won a bunch of, you know, a bunch of Champions Leagues and won a bunch of uh, trophies with, with Man City. Are we going to welcome him back like we did with Gareth Bale for a season who we know Gareth Bale was just trying to protect his own image by coming back to Tottenham. He didn't give a shit about Tottenham. He never gave a shit about Tottenham. He gave a shit about himself. And that's what Carrie, Carrie Hayne, Harry Kane is showing me. Harry Hayne. <laughs> Harry Hayne. His, we got a yeah. new name. That's perfect. I, mean, <laughs> I can't even make that up. It's not even his brother's name. I can't say yeah. that. <laughs> You know, his, his his brother and his weird leaving his house in his weird three-piece suit, getting into his car and going to a, a what is it? Where does he have an office? I don't know if it's in his house or if it's somewhere else, but it is a weird three-piece suit. No question. <laughs> and have you I seen mean, the, have you seen the pictures of all the photos behind his desk that are all like weird and out of whack? If you ever yeah, come across it's, it's that, odd, it's, right? Yeah. I mean, given the advice that he's been, he's been given game there. I, I have to think that his office has got to be located in a crack den somewhere. Or his parents Charlie might maybe. Charlie might be a, a, a legit whack job. <laughs> no, but the thing that really pisses me off about the whole thing, if you had asked any Spurs fan at the end of the season, you know, does Kane deserve to leave if he wants to? I think anybody who is rational would have said, yeah, you know, if we can get the right price for him, and we've said this on the show, mm-hmm. if we can get the right price for him. He can go, you know, he's earned it. But now, you know, given the antics and the tantrum that's being thrown behind the scenes here, it's like, you know, you don't, we said you could go. Everybody was fine with you going if the right deal came in. You're not going to throw your tantrum so that we just get a discount for you. Like, that doesn't happen. Have you, if it's all not true, yeah. And if it's all not true, just tell us it's not true. None of this stuff is true. Yeah. I don't you know what he's thinking. Yourself. You know, he's he's been with the club for years and years. To, to, to believe you. Yeah. He would have seen the Madras saga. He would have seen the Bale saga. What makes him think he's any bigger than, than Levy? <laughs> I mean, you know, love him or hate him, Levy is not going to be played because of a tantrum. Right. If it's anything, he's going to get more, more stubborn and... and... And hold on to you longer. Just he's gonna to, dig right. Yeah, he's gonna dig yeah. right in. It's like I was saying about PSG a couple of pods ago, right? Yeah. No, fuck you. You signed the contract. Play. Yeah, you know? and I mean, unless he's got six months left, which he doesn't, I don't think Levy really cares. You want to sit? Fine. You know, it's like, and you know, I've said this a couple of times to you guys. We're at the point in the transfer window where it's kind of creeping up on too little too late to get any real good business done 
um, you know, a lot of stuff can happen, but you know, these things don't just, you know, it's not FIFA. You don't just decide, I want to sign this player. Let's go in and negotiate right away. You know, look at how long Romero has been taking us for fuck's sake. And this is a, a deal that everybody's felt comfortable about for weeks. And it's just dragging on. God damn I'm it. Steve. I, I love that you said FIFA, but I like football manager. I can't get, I can't get levy to let me do goddamn anything. It's like, it's the most, it's the most intuitive goddamn game I've ever played in my life. I'm like, I want this guy. He's going to cost me 30 million. And Levy's like, fuck you. <laughs> Steve, speaking of Romero, how about how Atlanta, you know, like Romero has been saying for weeks, like, I want to be at Tottenham. It's a huge opportunity. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. And they're like, we're going to wait to hear from the player and see what the player thinks when he's been, <laughs> he's been saying it for weeks that he, that he wants out. I mean, the the difference for me in those two approaches is I don't, maybe this is happening and I just haven't seen it yet because, you know, I only follow the Spurs news and not the Atlanta news. I I haven't heard anything about him throwing a tantrum, not showing up to training, um, you know, dropping interviews in the newspaper, you know, before a big game saying, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, You know, yeah, he actually legit did show up for training. He did. Yeah. yeah. He showed up a day yeah. early, actually. Yeah. 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 Fucking Grayley showed up for training and that that's like a, a sure thing. Like city are definitely going in for him for that hundred million price point. If Graylish can show up, fucking Harry Kane can show up too. Graylish bring it. Did he bring his, did he bring his headband, his little rainbow headband that he has? I feel like they, they've got just a, uh, you know, I just want him to cut his hair. I just want him to cut his hair. hair. That's all. It's never going to happen. He looks never goofy. He looks goofy. Hey, yeah. so let's let's move on from Kerry Hayne and let's, <laughs> let's talk about other important transfer uh, situations. Yeah. What what's going to happen with Harry Winks? What are our, what are our predictions on what happens with Harry Winks? Uh, honestly, I don't think anything happens. And the reason I say that isn't because I think he's going to be a vital part of Nuno's team or anything. It's strictly because he's a homegrown player. And who do you replace that homegrown player with at this point? If, you know, you get the 30 million or 25 or whatever it was quoted as, you know, Everton were looking or whoever else. The Villa was the other one. Yeah, great. But then you need to fill that homegrown slot with somebody. Who is it? You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to buy from another team, they're going to charge you an insane amount too. Mm -hmm. You know, you start seeing... um, I was seeing, you know, because Graylish is going, you know, you've got uh, that guy from Norwich, Todd, uh, Todd Cantwell, um, who they were looking at bringing in as a replacement. And they're like, oh, yeah, 40 mil, easy, 50 mil. It's like th- that Winks money isn't going to buy you a homegrown talent to replace him, even at a, at a rotation player level. You know, you either have to have somebody coming through the ranks in your own club to kind of fill that void, or there's got to be a hidden, like a Deli Alley type gem that you've been scouting for years that you're finally willing to pull the trigger on. Um, but I don't see that happening. And, and honestly, if Sissoko goes, I think Wink stays. I, you know, I, I feel like those two at this point right now are mutually exclusive. It's either Winks or Sissoko. Sissoko feels more likely. Never both, right, Steve? I would never, rather never Sissoko both. go. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's just it, right? Like, if both of them go, you have to sign another midfielder. You know, the season starts in two weeks. Yeah, he's a rotation-type player, whatever. It's not like he's going to be starting against City, but, you know, 
if you're going to take from another team that's in the league, that's going to have a homegrown player to do like a like for like type replacement there, they're going to charge you for it. They're going to charge you a penalty for, you know, making them have to go find somebody else this late in the season. It's, it, it, it's a madhouse at that point. I just don't see that happening personally. Steve, I do worry though, if, if, Winks goes and Sissoko stays. I'm still worried, right? Because every time to me, Sissoko is more the, worried when he's on the pitch. Like we're down a man. Like we're flat out down a man every time that uh, Sissoko's on the pitch. Yeah, I, I mean, at least with Winks in his least productive outings, he is at least a body there to be in the way. Sissoko is he's in the way, but for all the wrong reasons. Right. You know, it's not like he's there to block a pass or. or <laughs> block off a lane or whatever he's kind of just that guy who's like you know hey let, here's my michael jordan impression bam like let me smack that ball down give that penalty away you know and that, obviously not, i'm exaggerating a bit but you know that's what it feels like when he's on the field like he's doing things to actively harm the team you know he's, it's not a passive harm he's actively going out of his way to fuck us over in some way and <laughs> i'm sure he's not doing it intentionally but it kind of feels like he is. <laughs> so I, 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 I listen to a lot of Spurs podcasts and, uh, and I genuinely like genuinely love them all. Um, I love me some Wendy and, and Barty and, and, you know, he doesn't love them all. He doesn't love them all folks, most um, of them, but not all of them. I, I love, Wendy, I though. love we most of Wendy. I, I, I have, I, I am, I am getting, I'm getting off the train with one of them because of, uh, some stuff they said about, um, lucas mora this week but um <clears throat> and that was one of my favorite podcasts but i i can tell you that like the love that i'm that i'm finding from this one podcast <laughs> it drives me nuts and i'm not trying to tear down another spurs podcast because like you know like when we had windy on i talked about the community and how great it was and how all of this all of the podcasts kind of shake each other's hands and and help each other out um Definitely. but the the love that i found for sissoko from this podcast what drove me up a wall about how hard of a worker he is and how he works for the badge and like well ho- hold on a second mike but you i gotta tell you to an episode from 2014 were you i am not i was not so here's the thing um to kind of to kind of I, i'm trying to get to a point here my point is that is that <laughs> my point is that Harry Harry Winks is out there and in you see that this guy knows he's all about all of the transfer rumors and about how he's going to be sold to Villa or he's going to be sold to Everton and you know that would be the most Everton thing ever in the history of Everton to sign Harry Winks at $30 million. Um, I think I heard that on another pod too. That was actually pretty funny to me. So I repeated it. Um, but Harry, Harry Winks, you're, you're hearing about him out there busting his ass in training because he wants to stay with his club. And, you know, as much as I bag on Harry Winks uh, here and there, I, I really think that's an ad, that's an admirable trait. And like, and I love these guys who bust their ass, ass for their team, whether they're getting paid a billion dollars or not, they're out there busting their ass for the team. That's can, true. Can man. we just that's true. 
put a pause on that. I, I want to try to dial in Nikki Winks here just so that he can hear that firsthand, you know, get that exclusive. Yeah, Nikki I think Winks he does. I love it? to fight over, over Harry, don't we? <laughs> hey, Mike, I know we're talking about players, but I, I just want to piggyback on um, your comment about other podcasts. And I, I listen to a bunch of them too, and I enjoy a bunch of them. And I do want to give props. I, I have always thought that Extra Inch is at the top of the list. And actually I, I listened today, you know, they have their Patreon stuff and they do a lot of stuff behind the paywall and, and uh, Wendy would probably be, he'd be, he wouldn't be mad. He'd be just disappointed that I'm not, a, I haven't signed up to be a patron yet. Um, <laughs> oh, you got to get on it, dude. It's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I do. And, and today, like I, I, it was really cool. They, they put out one of the, um, one of their on the couch or windy on the couch conversations. It was a conversation with a guy yeah, listen, about having I testicular cancer. And like, it was a, it was a powerful podcast. And the fact that those guys create that content and put that out. I mean, it's, it's fantastic that we, we love Spurs and we can talk about that all day long, but they're doing other stuff. And that is really freaking cool and uh, Im- impressive. And so I'm not just saying that because I think they're good, but I think they are really good. Um, and there's a lot of other good content out there as well, but we can get back to a uh, transfer conversation at this point. <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks for reeling me in, Dave. <laughs> Wicked Spursy is not affiliated with any of these other podcasts. This... <laughs> We're an they're independent... going to hate us this week. <laughs> or love us. I mean, we've been, we spent the last five minutes talking about how much we love Wendy. I mean, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> and I, good, I, I and good water brewery. We, we, we support good water brewery, right? But yeah, we do support good water brewery. <laughs> We'll get to that later on. <laughs> we have gone off the rails officially. <laughs> you know, I told you my friend Jack was joining me today, and maybe that's a part of it, but but who knows? What uh, what else are we thinking about, guys? What's what's on our minds? As we look at the next next couple of weeks. Uh, season opener is in what are we, less than two weeks, right? Days, it's on, right? It's on the fifteenth. Yeah, twelve so, days. Yeah. So twelve days. We are we are planning to uh, get together with our with our friends at Goodwater. So that'll be exciting to watch a match with with some folks together. But what are we thinking about across the next twelve days as we approach the opening day? I'm looking. Romero in. Oh, go ahead. That's it. I mean, that's my one comment. I just want Romero in. Just give me the here we go. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Exactly. It's the uh, the the common Twitter phrase we're seeing a lot. Announce it. You know, um, but I'm I'm looking for um, a great match between um, the uh, some of our our youth players against some of Arsenal's youth players. Oh God, I said the swear word. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're not supposed um, to say that. What the fuck? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, any listeners, we're looking for a, a new uh, person to join us next week in the podcast. Just... We're re- replacing Mike. He's he's no longer. Part of the team. Dave, Dave and Steve's cancel culture is, is exactly right. <laughs> um, so you're gonna I, have to go work with the U23s for a while, Mike. Sorry, you're out. <laughs> Steve's Steve's relegating me to U23. Um, yeah, your son Lucas is your boss now. Do whatever he says. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, Lucas just uh, I picked him up at soccer camp today, and he was like, "I was pretty lazy today." <laughs> I was like, "You know what? I was I was pretty lazy at work today too." <laughs> um, we have those days but um so what i'm looking for is, is is some is some good good old competition between the london clubs um i don't think you're gonna see anything f- you know anything phenomenally like you're not gonna see a bunch of the the big name players um i think you're probably gonna see a little bit of our uh 
our techno Viking. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he came in, I think you'll see some more Regulon. I think, I think you'll see some more Sonny, but you're not going to see him in, you know, great numbers of minutes. Um, I, I, I'm really, uh, excited to see the, the youth kids, the kids trying to, tr trying to play against each other, the, the future of these clubs trying to play against each other, um, in a, in a tournament. I, it, it's a charity tournament, is it not? It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't think anybody's going to go out there trying to kill themselves to win this, to win the, the hearts of London or the pride of London. You know, we, we do that during the season. Um, so, you know, in the end, I, I, I think uh, the next week's going to be fun to watch and see what happens with the, with those games. But, you know, let's get a couple of transfers in, you know, Tomiyasu is, um, right now, I, th I still think he's, he is locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, I just, we have to wait to see, to see when Japan gets eliminated. Um, if well, they do, the thing. they're in the semis now. So even yeah, if, if they, they do Spain, it's they're going to the bronze medal match. Cause I almost made that comment earlier too. Like, Oh, it's going to be, are we going to get Brian heel first or is Tomiyasu coming? Neither. They're playing the exact same amount of time. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, this is probably the last podcast that we'll call him heel. Um, heel. cause his, his name is Gil. <laughs> King of the heel. <laughs> I have a friend who's a, I have a, I have a friend who's a uh, revolution fan and, uh, they have a he they have a heel on their team too um carlos heel carlos heel yeah and and i call him i call him charlie gill so uh i i think i think brian we're just gonna call him brian it's the most english thing i've heard you say i just call him <laughs> brian gill brian gill that's his name Wait, mike you're, with brian you're so gill. you're so hypocritical because you wouldn't let martinez fly but uh you're, you're gonna go gill on the heel right I'm not going to let heel fly. All right. <laughs> I, I, I play it both ways, you know, whatever suits me. Whatever feels right. Whatever's easiest for you to say. That's what you're going with. <laughs> it just occurred to me. We spent all this time talking about that shit bag, not turning up to training, but we didn't even mention, well, Celso and Hoiberg both came back early to train. Yep. I mean, that's just like another like twist of the knife there, right? Like here are two players who are, you know, they've been at the club for significantly less time than Cade. They show up and they start getting to work. Obviously, Hoybier is going to do it because that guy is, he is a role model, um, a good role model. Uh, Lo Celso kind of surprised me, to be honest, but it seems like, you know, he kind of wants to show up this season, you know, and he wants to be impressive. And if that's the case, you know, kudos to you, man. Like, I really hope it's a good season. I hope you stay injury free and, and, you know, can show us what we all know you're capable of, but I mean, it, that kind of got lost in all this, this news here, right? These are two guys who could have taken another couple of days and they didn't. Yeah. And, and for Gio, it's, it's all about his, his fitness and his health, right? Like when he, when he is healthy and gets a good run in, he, he's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, when he's not healthy or when he's playing in fits and starts, just nothing really happens for him there. And it's kind of a disaster. What, uh, what, what if we talk about this before we split up or a few minutes away from being done, you guys have watched more of this than I have, but um, U S national team action has been somewhat interesting on both the men's and women's side. Uh, any, any opinions or thoughts you want to share about what you've seen last few days? 
I, I, I can tell you that I'm a big fan of, uh, um, there, there are a few players. I'm actually a really big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of Matthew Hoppy. Um, and I, I'm a really big fan of vines. Um, and I, I just found a new love for Acosta too. Like those three guys, um, vines came in, uh, he was in the semi, he started in the semifinal game, but he came in the, he came in as a substitution in the, in the finals, um, against Mexico. Um, I, I think that like historically this, this match that we saw, um, probably ranks number one historically, um, in the, in the Mexico U S rivalry. Um, and I think that's probably more for the U S um, obviously because they ended up winning that game, but, um, just watching this team of basically U 23 players, the kids who didn't, you know, who didn't get, they didn't qualify for the Olympics and they didn't, didn't get to play in the Olympics. So they get to play in the gold cup, a bunch of ML young, you know, hungry MLS players, um, minus like Hoppy, there's, you know, he signed another contract contract with uh shock, but like, I, I, I really think that, uh, this team showed a lot more fight and vigor than the, the, the a team showed in the CONCACAF, uh, nation's league, whatever, uh, that they, that they had that, that the a team played, you know, uh, it was a similar, similarly fought game, but I, I, I think that, uh, they, this team overcame a lot of, um, and, you know, pardon, pardon the saying, but like a handicap that they were given, uh, from the start by the referee, the referee called that game tight, but he called it a little bit to the left of the United States side, you know, to he very, very uh, Mexico tight. And that Mexican team, you could tell that they were not fit by about the 80th minute. And bash him all you want, but, but our, our manager, our manager uh, really uh, made some great substitutions at the right moments. Uh, I, I, I think that this, this U S this new style of U S uh, soccer is, is, is going to be pretty great for the, for the coming future. Um, I, I think they're building a lot and, and they're not relying on the older talent that they used to do. Like how, how long was Clint Dempsey just trying to, you know, push it along or Josie Altador or even like if you go f- further back, you know, Alexi Lawless, how long did they, like, <laughs> did they throw the, I said it, how long did they did just push them along and try and keep them in the club year after year, after year, after year. And, and it's just because of their names, you know, and, and, and how well they did in, you know, 96 and in, in 98. And, you know, it, it just, I, th- I think there's a new way of thinking in us soccer and, and I think it's for the best, you know, invest in the youth and the, they will bring you, they will bring you the trophies they did last night. And, you know, they only had a couple of guys that, that were, you know, were constants, you know, on, on that team. 
But Steve, I mean, any uh, any takeaways from you on the national team stuff, men men or women? Um, I mean, Ooh. the women I feel underperformed. Oh basically. God, terribly. Yeah. Um, you know, not really much. It, it's hard because those games were on at like four in the morning, and even right. one year old, even I'm not awake at that time. I was. Um, <laughs> but, that was a terrible penalty. Yeah. On the on the flip side, I mean, I, I'm happy for Hoppy. Um, <laughs> Say yeah, that three times fast. Happy he's, for Hoppy. Oh no. I think well, we stumped we stumped Steve with that. I think he's frozen. Or That's Steve weird. might have frozen up. That's awesome, the weirdest Mike. thing. Mike, you and, I, you and I get to wrap up the podcast. We can say anything we want. Steve's internet failed or... <laughs> That's kind of funny. I've never seen that before. Well, hey, on that note, Mike, closing thoughts. Let's wrap things up. Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think that um, we are probably not going to see a... Spurs team, Spurs team that's going to win trophies this year. I think we're going to see a Spurs team that is, um, they have a, a renewed sense of, of um, community with their teammates. Um, I think they're going to be invigorated by by um, kind of a, 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 the new attitude that that Nuno brought in with his with his uh, training staff, and I, I think that. Um, we shouldn't aspire to wait way too much. You know, we, we, we can't think above, above where we're probably going to end up, which is again, fifth or sixth. Yeah. Right. But you know, that's, and that might even be high aspirations, but I, I can tell you right now that I think, I think this team's going to be exciting to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. And I cannot wait, you know, for that, for that, opening kickoff man it's going to be great it I, i'm with you there and as long as it's a joyful fifth or sixth place i'm happy right as long as as long as it's positive and there's steve's energy back. that's all good and steve's back steve you get to bring us home man close us out what are your final thoughts fuck alexi wallace i hate that guy <laughs> that's what steve came back to share everybody it needed to be said Hey, look, I, I, I pray to the internet gods, like, please make this connection come back. I really need to tell the world that Alexi Lawless is a tool. All right. You heard it here first. We are Wicked Spursy. Steve, Mike, and Dave. It's been good getting together, gentlemen, this evening. Um, see you again really soon. And to everyone out there, thank you for listening. And come on, you Spurs. Be safe. Yeah.